Okay, guys, welcome to another edition of the Sales Confidence Podcast. Um, as you're all aware, if you've watched before, and if you're not, um, our vision is to build the world's largest B2B sales community, elevate the sales profession, and help sales professional to be the best that they can be at each stage of their career through achieving peak performance, mindset awareness, and positive well-being. Um, our aim as a business is to unlock uh, the heart, mind and story behind the founders, sales leaders and industry experts that help elevate the sales profession. James Ski, our, our CEO and founder, is he's focused on bringing um, out the authentic story of, of your journey by uncovering the DNA to understand how it drives your decisions, thinking and dreaming to inspire and educate and motivate our listeners. Uh, look, the interview promises to be fun and engaging, as well as, as, as just giving the chance to, to share your company and personal perspective on the future of sales, Nasma. So um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome our, our guest, um, podcast guest this week, and it's Nasma Kerban. Um, Nasma is um, Cognizism's award-winning chief revenue officer. So she's been overseeing the company's revenue functions. Uh, she joined Cognizism in 2016 as its first employee, initially in a business development role before being promoted to VP of Sales and latterly to CRO. Nasma leads Cognizism's highly successful sales team um, and was instrumental in building uh, the revenue system for the business. Managing the entire sales process, Nasma has created accredited with overseeing uh, 600% growth in revenue in 2018 and took the company from 2.5 million to 7 million AAR. Outside of the day-to-day -day responsibilities, Nasma is popular and influential figure in, in the B2B SaaS community. Um, I'm sure a lot of you know her face and have heard of her previously. And she regularly gives presentations at mm. international sales and SAF conferences on topics that are close to her heart such as uh, developing go-to-market strategies, driving success, how to grow a tech company from startup to scale up, and how to build and manage a high-performing sales team. Uh, Nasma's a frequent guest on, on, on various podcasts and webinars um, throughout the SaaS and sales community. Uh, again, just to, just to give you another, uh, 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 another tip of the hat, Nasma, Nasma was recognized with uh, several high profiles of, uh, awards recently. 2018, she was, rec uh, she was including the top women leaders in SAS by the SAS report. The same year, Nasma was voted as one of the top 50 UK sales leaders by Sales Confidence. Nasma was also recognized as, uh, international, as an international woman in tech by We Are Tech Women. Sales Confidence voted her as one of the top 10 sales leaders in SaaS and in 2019, global top salesperson by Survey Sparrow. So a pretty extensive list, list of um, uh, accolades there, Nasma. So um, just to touch on uh, a, a little bit about Cognizism. So <clears throat> Cognizism, as far as I understand, is, is, is the world's leading all-in-one globally compliant prospect, prospecting solution. So it's powered by um, painted AI technology, uh, and it provides organizations with compliant B2B data and a suite of sales acceleration tools to help action that. So Cognizism enables its worldwide business customers to find and deliver new revenue faster. So Nasma, over to you now. What are you most excited about today? Um. So what am I most excited about? I'm excited every day. I think that there's uh, always things to be excited about. Um, so for the listeners out there, currently we are in officially, I'd say, week two of work from home. 
um, following the uh, pandemic that we, we are all experiencing. Um, I'm excited to see how like the teams and businesses out there are thinking outside the box and how they are um, like changing the way that they're thinking and the way that they're working to ensure that they are um, still running like successful businesses and how they can make the most of this um, opportunity that we have. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I mean, from my perspective, um, I've been having conversations with a number of sales professional sales leaders. Uh, everybody's utilising the time pretty well. I think everybody's recognised that it's an unusual situation and, and, and recognised that it's not certainly not ideal um, professionally. But I think a lot of people have adapted and I think there's been a lot of knowledge sharing and, and people um, helping each other to be more productive. So, I actually think that when we come out the other side of this, it's going to be really positive and there's going to be mm. some um, there's going to be some new norms in the terms of the way we work and how we trust our, our workforce, etc. So, um, but yeah, really interesting topic. Um, I guess I'll get into some of the questions because our, our viewers are looking to pick your brain and get into your mind a little bit as a um, as a sales leader. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess I'll kick off with, what is the first thing you think about when you wake up, Nassau? Um, okay, so when I wake up, I try not to think about anything. Um, so what I do is I uh, jump out of bed. Well, I like to think I do. Uh, sometimes I drag myself out of, out of bed. Um, I have a journal. Um, it's called a five-minute uh, five journal. And um, it's I, I grab it and I plant myself onto a sofa and the first thing that I think about once I've opened it is what are the three things that I'm grateful for um and the reason why I do that is because like it's really easy to get to let the days get to get lost in the days and have and have all of these emotions that you carry with you whether it's um you know work situations or whether it's you know personal circumstances or you keep yourself occupied with thoughts around certain situations. And I feel like it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have like two bad days, but when it gets to like the third day and you're still thinking about the same thoughts, I think it could be quite, um, quite dangerous. And so for me, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to be holding the same emotions that I did the day before. And so this is a really good way for me to like take a step back and really think about the things that I'm grateful for. And then it shifts my mindset into one of a positive mindset. Um, and so I start off my day thinking about the things that I am grateful for. Um, I've been doing this for about a year and a half now, and it's been life changing. Um, I feel like it's just like I can I control like my emotions and how I start my day. And I'm not thinking about things that have happened, whether they're good things or bad things or bothered about a conversation, because it's just channeled. It's a positive start to my day. So that's the first thing that I do. I like three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and then I follow up with three things that um, will make my day great. So I start looking forward to the day ahead and start thinking about what would actually make this day really good. Um, and that's my process that I have uh, that I follow religiously. That's great. Um, probably something I could take from that, actually. Um, I am guilty of going straight to my emails and social media the, the minute I wake up and not... The, the more time goes on, the more I recognise that that's probably unhealthy and I should probably start 
start my day in a more positive way and maybe take a leaf out of your book and 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 utilize some of that thinking so um thanks for that i, I guess it leads on quite nicely to where, where do you get your motivation your inspiration from that's what okay so um my motivation uh my motivation uh, inspiration motivation i guess this that's like slightly different i think that my um actually both both my motivations and inspirations have changed over time and they've evolved the things that used to motivate me when i was 16 to when i started my first job in sales uh to when i started you know a role at cognizant um and, to, and you know through till today they've all changed so i've had different motivators there was a time in my life where i was motivated by maybe um proving people wrong because when I started I'd never had any experience when I started at Hominism and so I was very focused on just like executing and ensuring that I was successful in my in my job um, and you know now that I feel like I've proven like the initial stage I mean my motivations now are really because now I have a team I'm definitely motivated and like, I'm inspired by them because they are super hardworking and they are super smart. So that's what motivates me. I can't, I don't, when I wake up in the morning and uh, when I'm planning my day, I, I think about that, that motivates me because I know that there's people that are dependent on me and that need to be and they need that motivation, they need inspiration. And I understand that a lot of that does come from me. Uh, so I think today it's that, but I do think that things, things change over time and your motivations and and your inspiration, what inspires you, changes. And sometimes it takes it, it takes like a new role or it takes the um, new phase in your life. But it's just like important to just think about um, the things that mean a lot to you. And for me, I, I you know sometimes it's like a normal day. To, like I'm I'm inspired by you know just doing a certain project or um, you know achieving my targets. And sometimes I just wake up like with a knot in my stomach where I feel like I have this like almost like fear so it's a debt it's, it's it's a motivator but it actually comes from a uh, not a pleasant feeling and I think to myself well, well maybe I I hadn't worked as much as I'd wanted to work you know in the last week or the day before and then I feel like oh am I living like the best life that I can can live so I think right now one of my motivations is like definitely the team and the company but also for me to just live like a a like a, a rich and fulfilled life that there's never a point that I'll wake up and I think, oh, I could have done more. I could be more. I want to be more and I want to be. And I think that definitely inspires me that and, and motivates me that I, I really, I want to do more. I never want to feel like I haven't done enough. Sure. Um, I love that um, you, you're looking for balance and you're looking to have uh, a full a full life that you enjoy and uh, a, a really impressive career as well so I you know I think a lot of people could uh, take away a lot from that I think a lot of people are struggling with work-life balance and, and sort of having that having that feeling that that home life is is, is as good as it can be but it equally um, you're pushing yourself as hard as you can professionally and, and, and getting where you need to be so um, really interesting to hear that. I think it echoes some of uh, some of those changes that I've been through over the years in terms of maybe being motivated by money at times and uh, more latterly being motivated by how my life looks on the day to day, um, similar to you, Nazma. So, um, yeah, I think that there's a lot you can take from that. Um, you touched on it a moment ago, but you didn't go into any detail, Nazma. What was your very first experience of sales? My very first um I mean, yeah, I, I feel like all salespeople uh, start selling at a very young age, right? When they're trying to convince their parents to buy them. 
you know, that game, that console or, or the new Barbie. Um, my first professional experience of sales is very interesting. So um, I was 15 years old. I think that was the legal age to start working. And so I'm from a, uh, a cute town called Slough uh, where The Office is actually filmed. And so it's actually, um, it's um, one of, Slough is now recognised as like where The Office was based. And in that same building, it was called Crossbow House. Um, I was working on the floor underneath, uh, below where the office was being filmed. <laughs> but what I was doing was very slouish. I was basically calling, so it was B2C, I was calling individuals. I was using a BT phone book and they'd rip out pages and I was calling them and selling timeshares, appointments for timeshares. So that was really interesting and I really enjoyed it as a 15-year-old um, just calling him and I was rejected. I don't know, I just got a buzz from that. So um, that was actually my first kind of flavor into sales where I'm selling someone else's kind of proposition, I guess, and not just selling something that I want for myself. So that was my first experience uh, in sales. Okay. Um, I, I know the industry a little. It's, um, I'm sure that was a baptism of fire at 15. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, thank you for that. And so, what do you, what did you do that made you successful at each, uh, each stage of your career? And and if you could, I'd like it if you could share any sort of notable transitions that you made. Um, so, can you say that question again? Yeah, sure. Um, what did what did you do? that um, made you successful at each stage of your career and if you could maybe share some notable transitions mm. you've made maybe from VP to CRO or, or or before that okay so I would say that I have not been always successful in my transitions uh, and nor has it been like smooth sailing but the things that have been constant um, have definitely been like focusing on the now and so like thinking about the day and just giving each day 100% rather than thinking forward and, you know, thinking myself as a sales director when I was an SDR, I was very focused on my job and executing on my job. So I'm still very much with the same mindset and that's been constant. The other thing that has been constant is like a self of gratitude. And so me feeling like I am grateful to have that job, have that responsibility and that I'm learning um, has also been very constant, uh, constant, and so that you know, I'm not thinking too forward, nor am I disgruntled, but perhaps I don't, didn't get the promotion or I didn't get the role that I applied for or I interviewed for. And so I, even when things didn't work out the way that I did, I was very focused on executing at that very moment of time rather than thinking and daydreaming about what's to come. Because we're all daydreamers. I mean, we're all very ambitious and we are daydreamers because that's the reason why we are we are where we are. But it's very important to kind of execute on today. Otherwise you're just gonna dream and wish your life away. Um, so it's all about execution and focusing on um, achieving those targets in the day. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's something that we, we champion with our sales team at Sales Conference. So. Um, if you're not executing, you're not moving forward, right? So um, thank you for that, Nazma. Um, look, for our for our viewers, um, we've obviously got you know a number of sales leaders on here who will be keen to hear from you, but equally um, SDRs, AEs, and, and people at all stages of their career. So um, keen to share with the audience, what do you think are the, the attributes that you hire for um, in a salesperson? 
who do I uh, attribute? Okay, so this is really interesting because um, it's an interesting question, especially for myself, because I didn't hire a salesperson until I started Cognizant. And because it was a startup and now it's evolved to a scale up, actually the different attributes, they've, they've changed throughout the journey. So the individuals that I perhaps would hire today are, very, are, are specifically good for the role for the company as it stands today. Cool. However, those same, uh, however, the individual, those individuals I may not have hired for where we were in startup phase. Um, the things that are constant um, in in the, those attributes, I would say, are um, hard work um, for sure. Um, I guess that's a given. Um, someone who is like um, uh, ambitious. And when I say ambitious, as in like they are, um, they want to be in a sales role. And because a lot of the times I'm hiring young, like very young professionals than in the first role, second role in, in sales, but they want to grow a career in like sales or they want those, they, they want to learn those attributes because it's going to serve them in what their ambition is. So their ambition could be that they want to run their own business and they understand that, you know, learning how to sell is very important. And so that is what's going to motivate them because sales is a very difficult job. It's the, one of the most difficult jobs there are in the industry. And so therefore, when you are being rejected, what is going to keep them motivated? Because hiring is actually quite simple and having somebody who is like, works really hard, like you can find that you can find that in any role, but I I feel like because it's such a difficult role and you get rejected, you really want somebody who is ambitious and want to learn those skill sets for their long term objectives. And those objectives, like I said before, can be starting their own business, but it could also be that they want to develop a career in sales and they understand that they need to have these fundamental core skills. So that's definitely something that I look for because I need somebody long term. I need somebody who is like dedicated to putting in the time. Um, and not throwing in the towel, which we see because of the high um, attrition rate in general when it comes to the um, um, industry kind of attrition rates for sales individuals. Um, and then what else do I look for? Um, it's just somebody who wants to, who, who is curious um, and like wants to learn, like is always like learning and is dedicated to like developing their skill set um, because things change all the time, whether uh, whether it's like the industry that you work in or whether it's um, like your role, role. if you're an SDR or you're a salesperson, you might be learning a demo or you might be doing training, but actually if you're going to be successful, you can be constantly learning about the, about the competitors, about the industry, about perhaps a new product. Um, and you really need to consume that information. And in order for you to be super successful, you definitely need to have like a desire to learn and to get better. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we hire on a, in, in a similar way. Um, I would say a number of things you touched on um, lead lead towards sort of the attitude of the person um, rather than their initial skill set. And, and, and we hire um, fairly entry level uh, salespeople, sales confidence as well. And that's exactly what we're going after is is their attitude, their willingness to learn, their mindset coming into that role. So um, that's really good to hear and, and probably good for a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the junior salespeople who don't have a lot of experience mm. uh, that are wa- that are watching, but they're really hungry and and looking to develop themselves in their career. So the one thing, thank that, you for yeah. Sorry, well, the one thing that I would add actually, and this is something that I I have noticed about myself. The one one thing that I really like, uh, or that I find is what I really enjoy about like sales individuals within within the cognizant. It's just I've re- 
attitude absolutely having the right mindset because you could teach somebody if they're willing to work they've got the right attitude and you and the business is happy to like mentor them and coach them then you know that's a perfect formula but also what's really important is that i really like positive people i like people that smile i like people that walk into the room and like bring in that energy because there's gonna be times when i'm not gonna have you know i'm not gonna have um i'm not on my a game because i've had you know something happened or there's another person who's in the office that's not having a great month and so it's really important to surround yourselves with very like positive upbeat smiley individuals um because it really does brighten up the day so sure i couldn't agree more couldn't agree more just circling back to um obviously cognizism and and and, and the company you're leading um or leading leading revenue function um what's the what's the fun, fundamental dna um of cognizism the fundamental dna um so I, I feel like Cognizant is a very fun, fun company. And yes, we, uh, us as a business, we are, you know, we've been relatively successful because we've got a great solution that really helps businesses um, with their, um, um, with their sales and marketing functions and help generate revenue. But actually, what makes it really, what, what like the DNA is, is really is about the people. Um, we are very uh, big on culture. Um, it's uh, and when I say culture um i mean like people so i do believe that you can have like the best technology in the world and um you can have the best sales engine in the world but actually what really makes a company successful are the individuals and so um one thing that i feel like cognizant has allowed is a um, an environment a culture where you can be yourself and you can be completely authentic and i i certainly have you know coming into this role, um, have a CEO who, um, you know, allows me to be myself completely authentically. And uh, I think that it's seen in my work and it's seen in my performance, because when you when people are themselves, that's when they deliver um, and that's when they perform at their best. And because I've been given this sort of, um, you know, this opportunity where I'm working and um, where I can be completely authentic, um, I give the same back to to you know those who join Cognizant, and so everyone can be themselves. Um, and I think that's why we've got you know such a great culture, and you know there's you know, we don't hold anyone back, and we're very open about being completely authentic, um, and just having fun in the process. When you're being authentic and you're having friends, you create friendships a lot quicker because you're authentic. Um, but we have a very pleasant sales environment, so it's not really, it's not doggy dog, dog, and we end up spending so much time together. And I think the DNA is like we we're authentic we're with each other, and also we um, we have fun. We like we everything is fun, um, and it's not just this, when we when we're going through bad times, and you know, especially um, you know now I'm still enjoying and loving work, and I was quite concerned if I'm going to be completely honest that um, are we still going to maintain and retain that kind of culture where I, the, the one thing, the core thing about, the one thing that I love about my job is the fact that I work with people. We don't even do work from home. I mean, it's something that we recently implemented, um, but I still chose to come into the office and I was concerned about whether, you know, that's going to be taken away from me. But actually, you know, we do our video calls and we have, uh, we have still so much fun together. And I think that's definitely like part of who we are. Sure. I think that's brilliant. Um... I've actually, uh, I've actually met a number of your team 
and I think that's quite evident that it's a fun and a nice place to work with a good culture. Um, I think everybody um, exudes that that works at the company. So um, just for everybody who's watching, who isn't aware of Cognitism, um, what, and, and, I mean, I've actually, I've used the product and it's brilliant, um, but obviously some of our viewers won't have. So can you give us a quick rundown of what Cognicism do? Okay, so simply, I'd say that we are like the best GDPR compliant B2B contact data provider um, or platform. So what we have is a database of 400 million B2B profiles globally. And um, we have a platform that allows businesses to filter and find the ideal customer profile. Um, and then they can engage with them um, either using our platform. So we do have a, a, a like prospecting tool or they can use other technologies um, to outreach to their prospects. So the core of what we do is is contact data. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what we do. Brilliant. OK, so for all those watching, if you're looking for a, a, a groundbreaking prospecting tool, um, contact NASMA. Um, Nazma, what's um, leading on from that? What's the ambition of the company? Um, what's the ambition of Cognizism? Um, so, this is the, uh, this is a uh, this is an interesting question because um, I feel like uh, when we first started, it was um, and I say this quite a lot. Like it was just get your first ten customers in. Uh, that's all I'm focused on. Just get the first ten in. After you get the first ten, okay, let's keep the let's keep these ten <laughs> and let's grow this to. Um, let's grow to 30 and when we get 30 let's understand like our ICP a bit better and and so uh, although you know I would uh, and I'm sure my CEO my, my CEO's vision is to just grow um, grow the company so that we're able to cater like a globally for um, for different businesses and different companies that we are able to actually cater for those um, for everybody and we can basically add value to every person you know um, globally um, and I think with what we do and the way that we have like our vision, like as a sales and marketing organization is definitely like very focused on um, like we do, we have short term goals. And I think that's been very consistent from the beginning and that's allowed us to like focus on the now. But if I was talking about the vision, I was talking long term. And I think I definitely our vision is to be able to like add value the way that we've I've been able to add value to European companies globally. So we've opened an office in New York and, you know, we've smashed all of our targets since like we opened it in September. Um, so things are moving in the right direction. But I think long term, we just want to be able to serve this technology and platform to, to everyone that would be looking to, um, to generate more revenue, bring new customers on. Sure, big ambitions, um, but I have no doubt that you, that you guys will achieve them. So um, thank you for that. Um, sort of bringing the conversation forward a little um, and really for our viewers, and again, to pick your brain and, and sort of understand um, a little bit of how you tick, really, I guess. Um, what, what book that you've read has had the most impact on your sales career to date? Um... Okay, so I do, I'm an avid reader, um, but I can't really think of a, a specific, like, sales, a sales book that has had, made an impact. And I know that's like, I'm, I'm not trying to dodge the question, but in reality, the, 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 the biggest impact for me in my life have been, like, self-development books. And so there's, you know, there, there are so many books out there that have definitely helped me. I'm very much um, about 
over the last few years, I've been very focused on how I think and my um, and basically thinking of very when I do think like how I'm when I'm having situations and how I'm dealing and responding to those situations is really important for me because it's very easy for me to be creating narratives. And I think for me over the last few years, the most impactful thing, the most impactful books have been like The Chimp Paradox or like Untethered Soul, which is an amazing book. And it really helps me understand like the narrative that I'm creating about myself. And so that when I'm having situations at work and in, in sales, I'm understanding like how I'm responding and I'm very big on like, I have a situation, life is going to happen. I'm going to have people say no to me. I'm going to have people say yes to me. I'm going to have situations that are very uncomfortable, but the actual, the, the core of what I'm going to be, how I'll be successful or what the most positive outcome is going to be very heavily based on how I'm going to respond to the situation. So I'm, I personally feel like the best sales books are really like controlling your emotions because it's a very emotional role right and when you're having a bad month like how are you going to be managing your emotions because that is really going to make the biggest impact um you can the sales books are skills and those skills i do believe that you can learn on the job as uh, on the job and then of course like you could be implementing and trying new things from reading and from listening to these amazing podcasts right um but i think like personally for me the biggest like um what's really like impacted me in the last few years has definitely been like books around how i can how i'm thinking about things and the narratives that i'm creating sure okay i i think again that that pretty much echoes where where i am um i have read a number of uh sales books but i i think i get more from personal development now um so i i would agree with that and and i, I love the way that you linked it back to sort of how you manage your, yourself and your own emotions in in what is a, a difficult and challenging career um at any stage so um i think that's really insightful um just to, again for our viewers and, and and just to get them a little bit of understanding of of your mindset what you look for and and over the years obviously you've been really successful and you know what, what the kind of attributes you might have seen in in people that you've worked with. So, what what are the what are the best salespeople that you come across? How do they look? Uh, they look like if you go to Vauxhall in Tintangel House, there's a company called Cockism, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's good, that's what good salespeople look like. Uh, but okay, so I I honestly do believe like the good salespeople that I've met are ones that are very focused um for sure like they're focused on the role they are like curious they ask questions and they care um so for me and they're just willing to learn and they work just hard like harder than and like for me personally um you could have you could be as talented as you can but you know my success has in if, if i think about what's the core things that have made me successful have definitely been like my hard work. And I've been in situations where there's been people, I've been in a room, like I'm sure a lot of listeners have been, where you're on an assessment day, you're interviewing, or you start your new job, and there's five other people that are in the same role. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh, these guys are going to be so much better. We do role plays and they're significantly better. And I think in those situations, I've just put in more time and I've just dedicated a lot more hours. And I'm a very big believer in the Malcolm Gladwell uh, 10,000 um our rule so i think the people that work hard will surpass because it doesn't matter if someone's doing eight hours like 
eight hours a day, every day, and then there's another individual that does 10 hours and there's two additional hours per day, you know, over a period of six months, that is insane, right? When you think of the hours, I'm really shit on that. So I I don't know exactly how much that would equate to, but I I do believe like hard work, if they, hard work does pay off. So those, that's definitely something that I I, I look at. Um, So I think people work hard, definitely. Sure. Okay, um, agree with that. You referenced um, Malcolm Gladwell. I've read that actually. So for the viewers who might want to read that, um, I believe that's Malcolm Gladwell. Outliers is the ten thousand hour rule. Um, so if you want to get a copy of that, it's, it's a great book. I've read it. Um, I echo Nasma's opinion on it. Um, um, brilliant. And and, and actually, uh, what you've just touched on, Nasma, is exactly how we run at Sales Confidence. So, you know, if you are in a hard if you are in a hard situation, if it's a difficult month, if you've got, a, you know, a fairly big number over your head and, and you're not tracking against it, mm-hmm. um, we, we always say hard work's your best friend. So that's that, that that's what's going to dig you out of that hole. And, and, and that's going to provide you with a light at the end of the tunnel. So we, we completely agree with that. Um, just moving on. So taking taking that all into account, what advice would you have for sales professionals who are looking to build a long-term career in sales? Okay, what advice would I have for someone looking to develop a career in sales or, or is in their role, right, is in, is in a role and this one's advice? Um, I would say ask for feedback. So, you know, either you ask your, like, your manager, or, or hopefully they're giving you feedback, ask your peers for feedback and this isn't just like your skill set but even ask them to do like peer-to-peer like training so i would say definitely get like your peers um i would ask for feedback from like your prospects so if somebody if you just just have a prospect and you lose an opportunity ask them for feedback so look okay i understand that this isn't the right time because it could be that it's not about you but it's still really important just to get that feedback and even if you win an opportunity and they become a customer ask them for feedback because um, I think that's the only way that you're really going to be able to strive and and to kind of like evolve as an individual if you're constantly like asking for feedback and you're thinking about it and then you're actually responding to it, um, responding to it in a positive way. Um, otherwise, you're just going to stay stay exactly where you are um, and be open to feedback as well. Actually, if I, I think about myself and when I was younger, I wasn't as open as I as I probably should have been, and you know. I have a friend who just who said to me the other day, she said, feedback is a gift. And I was like, wow, it's so true. So ask for feedback. And when you receive feedback, think of it as a gift because it's going to bring you, um, it's, it's not going to bring you anything but posit- like uh, a positive outcome um, and just respond to it as a, as a gift. So that's, sure. that's the advice I'd give. Brilliant advice. Um, uh, again, you speak in our language. We 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 advocate sort of self correction and recognizing where where maybe you could do better or, or where you're doing really well, um, and, and acting on that. Whether it's self correction or doing more of what you're doing well or whatever it might be. So I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so going back to you, your mindset. What makes you tick again, Nasma? Um, I mean, where do you get your confidence from to do what you do? Ah, that's a tough question. That's a really loaded question. Where do I get the confidence to? So I would say, so there's like two answers to this. I would say I get my confidence. When I am confident, when I am confident in in the work that I do, 
or I feel it and I embody it. It's usually when I know what I'm talking about and it comes from like an authentic place. And so for me, knowing that I'm that I that I I'm talking from a place where like I know my stuff. So because I have knowledge or because I've I've had that experience, definitely that confidence comes from that. Um, but then saying that, how do you get confidence when you haven't had that experience? And I feel like what is like a running thing there is like that knowledge. So I'm confident now because I have the knowledge, because I have the experience and because I'm talking from a place that's true to me and whether there's no wrong or right, because it's it's an experience that I have and that's it's the only thing that I have to share. But when I didn't have the experience, um, I, I, I seek the knowledge. And so whether that seeking, seeking of the knowledge is Googling, like literally just Google. And I, I did that on many occasions. And I can honestly say that I, there were situations where I didn't know what I was doing. And then my CEO would ask me for something. I'm like, oh, give me two hours. And I would just like Google. Um, and if there's something that I didn't know, I would spend hours just like learning it or like, at least I have something to think about. And then also just doing it. And even if I fail, at least I know that that failed. So I have the knowledge that I did it and it failed. And so just trying, and um, just seeking knowledge. And I think that if you're doing that, then you're definitely going to be, you will be able to gain that confidence because you're building it, you're building out that, you're building the knowledge um, so, you, so you're confident enough, right? Um, but there are other things that, you know, we're you know having a very candid conversation, but there's other things that I do. Um, and part of, uh, you know, my self-development, I always think about the next version of myself and when I say that I you know a lot of people have like these video boards where they have like things that are like very material I did as well like at, at one point but now when I'm thinking now when I'm thinking about my 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 journey who I want to be I basically think about the person that I want to be like the next like the next level so for example if it's anything that I'm not confident about or something that I don't kind of like I'm, I'm not fully like uh, happy about with myself so perhaps it's um a skill set or um like a, a personality trait or like a soft skill I basically just like write it down and like like affirm that with myself and just be like okay well this is the next version for myself and actually as I've grown and developed into different roles I have thought about what is if if I am a CRO if I do become a CRO would I be doing the things that I'm doing now and so even just getting things onto a piece of paper and thinking about the things that I'm not confident about and then like working towards getting better at that gives me gives me confidence sure thank you for sharing um I think that makes absolute sense so um you, you've developed it over time essentially and it's been through trial and error and, and hard work and um, I love that you shared that equally it's been through some failures as well, um, which we all have. And, and that leads on quite nicely to my, my next question, actually. Um, so during your career journey, um, you touched on it earlier. Uh, you know, have, have you experienced and, and, and overcome hardships? Have there been difficult times? And um, if any specifically come to mind, it'd be great if you could share. Of course. Uh, I'm sure we've all experienced it. I have, I've had lots of different hardships, and um, I mean, if I could pinpoint any hardship, um, I feel I feel like I have this mentality where I'm going to have like difficult situations, and everyone has hardships. There's this one quote which 
my team are just sick of me hearing me say this, but like 10% of life is what happens to you and 90% is how you respond to it. And I feel like I, I've, I've had hardships, but I don't, I like to feel like I'm, I've responded to those situations um, and I just move on and I don't allow those hardships, obstacles become part of my story. It's not part of my narrative because it's so simple. It's, it's easy, right? Like when you have something like, like a, 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 something happened to you and you, and you, you've come through it and you're proud that you've come through it, but then for it to become your story, it's almost like it, it, it weighs very heavy. And I'm, I'm a very big advocate of us creating our own narratives and us creating because that in, in reality is what we're doing on in our lives what we are is just like one story and so we choose how we are um we choose the things that we think about and choose wh what events in our lives have such a huge impact and those hardship and those obstacles happened i overcame them and i'm moving forward because i'm sure part of my story and like the focal point of my story is going to be like the success rather than the hardships um and sorry, I didn't like really like um, explain like I, I guess like a, a specific hardship. And I do, and I do want to because I think that it might be like helpful for people. So because I am human, and I definitely have had like situations where have that been that have been difficult for me. And um, you know, way back um, when I was in recruitment, I mean, I I wasn't doing well. And when I first took my job as an SDR, just that intermediate period, I. You know, I worked in my first, uh, I studied law at university, I graduated, I decided to go into recruitment and I wasn't good. And and it, it was the reality. And now I can say it confidently, but at the time I didn't, I was, I just thought I wasn't like a great at it and whether sales was the right thing for me. And there were like multiple reasons why it didn't work out. And I think that was difficult that I'd chosen a career and I wasn't really good at it. And then I started questioning whether sales was for me or not. And it was just like a multiple reasons why it didn't work out, but that's not part of my story. That's just, um, yeah, it's part of my joy story, but it's not a focal point. I love that mindset. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, I guess um, as one of our final points, um, and it's, it's quite pertinent to what you just what you just discussed. How do you? It, look, sales is a difficult career um, at any stage. There's there's stresses and uh, as we said, there's hardships and and there's highs and lows. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you manage your health and well being through that roller coaster? Um, so I did the journal helps for sure because if mm -hmm. I have had a, like a bad day, then the next day I'm just focused on like the positive things. Um, so how do I manage my mindset? I really enjoy the people that I work with, and it's also like really important to be self-aware and understand like how you how how you tick and the things when you are overwhelmed, like understanding like what the signs are. Because I don't think that it's a blanket for everyone. Like when I'm overwhelmed, it's very different to when someone else is overwhelmed, and I react very differently. So really spending time to understand, and this is a really good time because we've got a lot of time, right? Uh, now that we are um, indoors. Um, but yeah, I would just definitely uh, recommend that people spend time to understand, okay, when I got to that place, what were the telltale signs? And then to then to like experiment and to figure out like the things that you could potentially do to, or to think about the things that actually do bring you back to that place of joy. And um, for me, um, it's just switching off like works like if I'm overwhelmed I just uh shut my laptop and I'll just have an early night I'll just go to bed I'll go to bed at six o'clock or like nine o'clock um I'm not one of those um perfect people that go to the gym or 
um, like eat very healthily and meditate. And I, I will be one day, um, but not right now. But, um, you know, I enjoy my life. I, I enjoy the work that I do, which is this my, most of like my day to day. And it's important to enjoy it because you spend a lot of time doing it. But yeah, just self-aware, understanding when I'm at, when I am in that space where I am overwhelmed and I just need to go to sleep and then I can just deal with it tomorrow. Good advice. I, I think um, you touched on it a little bit in the beginning with the journal. And I think I think it's a really good balance. I think it's a really powerful thing to have. And I think if you can get that personal um, element in line and uh, to a point where you're enjoying life, I think that will shine through in your professional career as well. So, um, Nazma, I think it's I'm conscious of time, um, but I think it's been really helpful. Um, and there's been a lot of insight for our viewers uh, whatever stage of their career they might be at is there anything else you would you, you would like to wrap up with or end with for the uh, for the viewers um so we're here we're talking about sales confidence right and um i think you know if i think about my journey and the journey of those that i work with because i have some really like incredible individuals in my team and if i think about like how they got to you know, having that confidence and being successful, um, a lot of it is just showing up and just um, just trying and and yeah. So just like just just do. And if there's anything that you want to learn, just go out and see their knowledge. There's a lot of people you know that are available. There's a lot of communities like Sales Confidence that is out there that is helping like create these these communities. And so. I would definitely say when things really started changing for me, I started being a lot more grateful and I was just doing. I wasn't like avoiding or just like procrastinating. I just started like just doing and then like seeking knowledge wherever I can. So that would be like my parting kind of advice. Well, that's a great point to end on, guys. Just do. Um, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, Nazma, thank you very much for all of your insight today. Um, guys, if you want to, Follow Nazma on LinkedIn or, or another platform. Um, do so. She's got a lot of knowledge to share. Um, Nazma, thank you so much. Um, great. Uh, best of luck with Cognizism going forward. And I, I'm sure you'll mirror the success you've already had. Um, but lovely to have you. And um, uh, look forward to seeing you out and about soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Alex. No problem. Take care. Bye.